0: Hello there, welcome to Every Degree Matters. I am your host, Safran Minhar. This is our very first podcast with our very first guest, Kelly Borbus. Thank you all for listening. For everyone who doesn't know Every Degree Matters, our goal is to inspire and be inspired by great people across the world who have done outstanding work, starting from their local community to an entire country, in finding innovative solutions and ideas to create a sustainable, fairer and equitable world. These people believe that change starts with us. These discussions will be carried out under the lens of sustainability, which are social, environment, economy, and governance. Today, we can see deforestation is growing in many parts of the world. nature is being destroyed and the ecosystem has been disturbed, leading to loss of our habitat. We'll be speaking with our special guest Kelly Boulders from the state of Washington, who is doing amazing work in Ecuador on reforestation and rebuilding our habitat. She has been doing some wonderful work and I can't wait to hear more from her. Before speaking to Kelly, Let's check out what's going on. The southern part of Asia has record number of temperatures. In India, the temperature has been raising above 125 degrees and it has been the highest ever recorded since 1901. On the other side, on the Americas, lakes and rivers are drying out. Do you know that last week, we found huge amount of water under Antarctica? You know what they should do? I think we should build a pipeline from Antarctica to all the Americas, the North and the South, and just pump all the water from Antarctica and fill up all the rivers so we can have water. Who cares? We don't need water in Antarctica. We need water in the rivers. Speaking of water, let's go on to chat with Kelly, who is rebuilding the rainforest in Ecuador. This is an exciting day. I want to introduce you to Kali Bordas. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so thrilled that you are my very first interview on Every Degree Matters. I realize you have been traveling to United Kingdom. And how is the UK?
1: It's awesome. It's, it's uh, my first time visiting here in the spring and uh, I'm usually here in the winter. So this is a m- very different country. <laughs> it's nice.
0: So why are you in the UK and what will you be doing there?
1: Yeah. So a big part of the team that I work with is here in the UK and we had a great treat of going out to visit one of our members in Aberystwyth, with Wales. And so we've just spent the last four days doing kind of a work summit in, uh, in his apartment there. It's nice to be here working in person with my team, uh, but also nice to be enjoying all the, all the nature that, that the UK has to offer.
0: That's so amazing. I want to go. So please tell everyone who you are, And what's the work you've been doing with Reserva, the Youth Land Trust in the UK?
1: Sure. So my name is Callie Broaddus. I am from Washington, DC, and I'm the founder and executive director of Reserva, the Youth Land Trust. Reserva is an organization that is made up of youth around the world. We are all in love with nature and want to do everything we can to protect biodiversity and connect young people and empower young people to take measurable steps to protect threatened species and habitats. We work through three kind of lenses. We work through direct conservation. We fund the conservation of threatened areas. We work through storytelling. So we are creating films and uh, doing high-end photography that supports both science and and kind of yeah, storytelling from a, a public perspective, um, and through education. So we're working directly on the ground with local communities to educate them on the importance of the wilderness that they live with, and uh, as well as with the global community, with youth to help people understand how they can make a huge difference for the remaining wild places we have.
0: I totally agree. From personal experience, I believe that young people should lead the process and we will make a huge difference. What inspired you in your journey and why did you get started in all of this?
1: So I I think this is a, a twofold question. On the one hand, I was inspired by necessity. We are facing rates of extinction a thousand times higher than they should be. The natural rate of extinction is is one thousand times lower than what we're seeing right now, and that should inspire anyone to take action for the wildlife that that we all love to see, whether it's in nature or whether you're someone who likes to see it on TV or even on your clothing prints. And so I I, I was inspired by 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 that, by the, the sheer fact that things need to be done. But on a more personal level, I was inspired specifically to. Work through youth empowerment by my own sister. Her name was Finley Broadus, and uh, she was dealt a really tough hand. She was diagnosed with cancer when she was seventeen years old, and um, decided to use the time that she had left to raise money to combat climate change. And in, in the five months that she lived with, with cancer and was kind of fighting her own battle for the planet at the same time, she raised over $100,000 to combat climate change. And her memory has inspired a, a huge amount of, of work for the planet. She, her her fund that she set up when she was sick has donated now $345,000 to organizations combating climate change. So I was of, of course, inspired by, by her just personally, but also by the legacy that she left that proved that young people, she was 17 uh, and just turned 18 when she died, um, young people have an enormous financial power to make a difference uh, for the planet. And if you have a, a story, if you're passionate, if you can convince other people to support you, there's no reason that, that young people can't be the difference that we need for, for conservation.
0: I'm so sorry to hear about your sister, but I love that she was able to contribute so much in her life. It is truly inspiring to me. We as humans will be extinct if we don't take strong action now. Could you please tell us more about the work with Reserva and what's the future you want to see for the Youth Land Trust?
1: Sure. So we organized around a very simple project that was very ambitious. We decided we wanted to create the world's first entirely youth-funded nature reserve. And uh, to do that, we teamed up with existing organizations, uh, Rainforest Trust, which is a large organization in the U.S. that funds conservation around the globe, and one of their partners, Fundación Ecominga, who are based in Ecuador. So we teamed up with these two groups, and over the span of a little over a year, we worked with youth around the world to raise funds. And uh, created a 244-acre cloud forest reserve in the Ecuadorian Andes uh, in the Chocó uh, cloud forest. And this reserve is an expansion of, of an existing wildlife corridor that's been—it's um, been in the process of construction uh, or protection over the last eight or nine years. And we're very proud to be expanding on such an important. Ecological corridor. Um, This area, the the Chaco, is not as famous as as its eastern sibling, the Amazon, but it's an ecosystem that is one of the most threatened and biodiverse and endemic places in the world. Which means the things that live there live absolutely nowhere else on the planet. And as we lose these these precious Forests; these species that live in them and, and only there um, are being lost forever. So we we feel it's it's really important what we've managed to do, um, and we're excited to double down on on our presence there. So what's next for us is we are going to be quintupling the size of our reserve in Ecuador and uh, launching right now a campaign to protect a thousand and fifty acres of primary pristine forest that is currently threatened by a gold mining company so that's um that's the next project
0: that's that's really um inspiring and uh, you told me that you were in Ecuador, right before you you were in in uk what do you feel how did you feel that connecting with the nature and and of course the hard work that you all have put into, and you've been there, and to see the the animals that has been, you know, restored. I mean, the forest that have been restored and seeing creature, tell us the personal connection you 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 feel, because sometimes, I mean, we as humans forget. The importance of nature and that's something that you know we only sometimes we we think that oh we are the only people living we are the only species that living on the planet and forgetting all the other things around us living creatures so what how did you feel that
1: it is a humbling experience to walk into this forest it's of course it's not my my natural habitat. I grew up in Warrenton, Virginia, which is a, a rural county in, in um, the eastern side of America. And this forest is is a completely different ecosystem. It's very wet. Um, the number of plants that we have and the size of a parking space probably outnumbers the, the plant species in my entire state. And so, being in this forest is it's simultaneously humbling to to feel that. Um, we get to take action to that can materially benefit uh, this incredible space, um, and exciting because this area, this this Chaco ecosystem, is incredibly underexplored. It's um, scientists have not canvassed the entire Chaco, and so it's. Entirely possible. In fact, it's likely that when you go on a hike through this ecosystem, you are going to cross the path of an unknown species to science. In fact, you'll probably cross cross the path of about a dozen or a hundred or even a thousand. And, and if you know, if you're walking with scientists, you might get to find that out. <laughs> and so being there, uh, and I, I was I'm lucky to be there with scientists every time I go, it's a thrill. It's kind of addicting because. Being for me, I'm a photographer. I'm not a scientist, and so I get to be witness to discovery. And I think there's something really primal or just basic about the thrill of discovery for humanity. Um, and so, being able to protect an area that's not only you know something that we know is ecologically important both globally. And, and locally to the communities that depend on this forest remaining intact, uh, but also scientifically a wellspring of knowledge that the, the next generation is going to get to explore that um, excites me
0: that's 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 really nice you know especially myself like right now in california doing a lot of hikes when i'm when i'm free it's just you feel the connection of course it's dry here and it's not rainfall as in california but of course if you go to some part of the the world especially the tropical tropical countries right you know Ecuador, especially in that part of that region i think for me, it's also like something that you can't express sometimes when you feel that, you know, that you connect with the species and to see what it is. And we, do you think we as humans doing enough to protect this world? And are we developing a more sustainable world as rapid as we need? And uh, what do you see that we could do more in your experience of work?
1: So- There were two questions in there. Number one, um, are we doing enough? No.
0: That's a big question. (laughs) That's just a hard no.
1: (laughs) Number two, are we going in the right direction? Yeah, I think we are. Um, I think especially with just the intelligence of young people on this planet right now, youth are are grasping the situation we're in and running with it. So I think we are heading in, in the right direction. We're seeing, uh, you know, for the first time, the IPCC report, despite being com- incredibly dire, has, has shown that there have been some reductions in CO2 emissions. And we're seeing slow progress, yes. But um, I want to focus right now on the areas where we have the furthest to go and for me that is we are not acknowledging that the importance of existing habitat in all these you know these projections that we make and and expectations that we have of the future We're banking on all of the, all the forests and all the, all the pristine ecosystems we have right now remaining intact, but they are not protected. Very little of what remains intact is, is protected. And the way I see our situation right now is uh, akin to triage in a hospital. You know, the the world right now is in extreme peril and we need to address the various threats we face through a, a triage system. Means we need to prioritize what we're looking at. And number one for me is the loss of existing habitat. We are seeing huge amounts of funds go toward reforesting and rehabilitating habitat that's already been degraded. While at the same, very same moment, areas that are still intact, still pristine, still host to huge amounts of native wildlife are being bled out just in in huge quantities so we need to stop the bleeding first we need to uh shore up the habitat that we have and then we can start working on these areas that have already been deforested or have already been lost and helping them recover so um i think that's something that all of us can do to improve our priorities at least is to is to kind of stop the bleeding
0: in one way, it's like we are trying to fix a problem and we are trying to create the same problem in a different part of the world. So we're trying to fix one problem and then we're creating the same problem on another side of another part of the world. So that's...
1: Yeah, or it's like trying to put a band-aid on here Well, I've got an open wound over here that's just gushing blood. It's not going to help. In the end, it's not going to fix the problem. You've got to start here and then fix this.
0: Exactly. And I would like to ask you is that what is that one burning problem that you see in your country, especially in the United States and your state, that, of course, you're doing great work you know, in Ecuador, trying to develop just a lot of responsibility that you're doing. But locally, what do you see that, you know, oh, that should be done in in. in state that you live in the united states is the second largest emitter in the world and and you guys are contributing a lot for for the emission so what do you see that what do you see that we can do for for especially in your state
1: in my state i i have two answers for this if that's okay in my Uh, state we need to double down on our um our approach to Renewable energy. Um, I've seen people are starting to get friendlier with the idea of using solar or using, you know, maybe even using wind. Um, but while they want it to happen, they don't want it to happen in their backyard. And people need to come to grips with the idea that you need to, if, if you want to be part of the solution, you're going to have to be okay with solar being in your backyard or wind being in your backyard. We need to make it come home and understand that. Um, where we're living, we're not going to be immune from climate change. And we have a huge role to play in alleviating the pain that especially our coastal areas will feel our minority communities who are living in those coastal areas who will be the the hardest hit from climate change will feel. Um, And especially from areas within my state that are more affluent, um, these these are people who are benefiting the most from the system we've enjoyed for the last hundred years, and they need to step up and, and, um, make some sacrifices in their own lifestyle to, um, to support renewable energy and to reduce consumption. So that's, that's one thing that on a very local level, I think everyone needs to start thinking about, but more from a countrywide perspective. And, and I guess this, this local as well, something that I think needs to be recognized not just in Virginia, but uh, in in all of the US, is that of all of the philanthropy, and the US is an incredibly philanthropic country. We donate a lot, largely because our tax structure allows us to do that. But we're we're a very philanthropic country. And if you were to think, you know, what is the biggest issue we face right now? um, Many of us would probably say climate change, fewer of us I would probably say biodiversity loss, but just because people don't know, but climate change and biodiversity loss are two of the biggest things that we're facing right now as as a country and as a globe. But these two issues get just 2% of global philanthropy, 2%. Of that 2%, the protection of native forests, like the the prevention of deforestation gets 7% of the global philanthropy. So 7%. Of 2% is probably the most important thing we can do to combat both climate change and biodiversity loss. So I would say to anyone listening, if you are someone who does give, consider realigning your priorities so that you are giving to causes that mitigate climate change and especially those that deal with the protection of nature because they do not get enough funding.
0: That's that's really um, to reiterate the, the taxing and it really helps the US to give away that for that and uh, in one way it also gives an opportunity for people to reside and you know where they can really put the money that they want to go and rethink of their um, donations and today we have 3.5 billion young people in the world between the age of 18 to 35. The UN says 18 to 35, so hopefully it will be 18 to 35. So what's the message that you would like to give to the people who are listening, especially young people, that as you as a young person and what you have been doing and what would be your message for them?
1: Believe that you can make a difference with your talents, your position in life and your time. I think every single person has a strength and whether you know it or not, you can use that strength to impact nature. And I don't mean just on a daily basis. Um, Jane Goodall is kind of famous for saying, everyone makes a difference. And whether you make a a difference for the better or for the worse, that's up to you, what you do on a daily basis. Um, That's not exactly what I'm talking about. I think every person has a strength. And if you are creative enough, you can use that strength to raise funds for the protection of nature. We need everyone on board with trying to direct more funding toward protecting nature. So I'll I'll give you an example here in in the uk one of the folks on my team is really good at identifying insects and you know how how do you use identifying insects to raise funds for conservation well he went to all of his neighbors and said i would like to bio blitz your yard so i'm going to go into your backyard and identify all of the species of insects that live there and in return i'm going to give you a i'm going to give you a spreadsheet and it's going to be so cool and i'll tell you all about all these species." In return, would you please make a donation to this cause? Uh, rather than paying me, I'm just going to give my time. Make a donation. He raised over 500 pounds, protecting more than I think two acres of cloud forest in Ecuador, and he got to add species to his life list. And his neighbors got to learn about the bees that live in their backyard. And he actually added some pretty cool species to you know to his his list of things he'd seen. And that's you know that's just that's just one thing that's that's what you can do if you like bugs. If you're funny, you could tell jokes to raise money. If you know if you're someone who's clever and sociable, you might be able to host a, an interesting party and charge a one dollar admission fee and uh, and just bring people together. Everyone has a skill and you can use it. you can use it to do something good
0: that's really inspiring to to hear Um, and especially you're right with that like what can you for you to do in this podcast one of the areas that we wanted to inspire is that to see what individual actions you and I can take so what would be your individual action that you would say of course there's this bigger picture that you know there's so much of things that we're doing but end of the day it's about you and I can do to make a difference it's the simplest form perfect example you gave me with your friend who was doing that what you think could say okay if you start from today something is going to happen there's one thing if it's something going in your mind that you'd like to share to the listeners
1: sure i guess i have probably two answers to this as well one more mercenary than the other so first thing i would say is um you can uh, speak to friends and family about the loss of habitat that we're facing globally if you don't uh, know enough about it um, you can look on manga bay as a great resource there there are a few really really top resources out there that explain biodiversity loss this is something that is not nearly as well known as it should be we are i mean I, I would imagine anyone listening to every degree matters knows that climate change is a problem, but uh, everyone listening does need to get educated about the loss of biodiversity because this is a it's a compounding price, crisis. It's a parallel crisis, and if you you know get a little bit more educated about about why it's happening, then uh, you can share with friends and family, and and hopefully we'll we'll bring a little bit more awareness to the fact that habitat around the globe does need to be protected. Um, Scientists estimate that we need to protect at least 30% of our planet by 2030, but ultimately we need to keep about half of Earth in its natural state in order for humans to continue living on this planet. It's pretty important. It's about as important as it gets to humanity. So please go read up on that. Nature of Nature by Enrique Sala is a great new book that you can that you could check out. But more specifically, to get involved with us, um, you can make a donation to our new campaign. So uh, with this campaign, three dollars protects about five hundred square feet of of cloud forest that's larger than my apartment and every tree that's on that on that footprint is like a hotel for plants and animals you would not believe the amount of life you can save with the cost of one coffee so that's something super easy that you can do if you're not in a position to do that I'd encourage you to go to our website and there's a, a tab on there called 1 million letters for nature. And you can submit a letter telling us what you love about nature and why it matters that world leaders commit to protecting the, the nature that we have left. And when you send in that letter, we will match it with $3 toward conservation to protect about 500 square feet um, of forest in Ecuador. So give us either your, your money or your time just a little bit goes a really long way.
0: Thank you so much for for joining with us, um Kelly, on, on this podcast. We would like to wish you all the best and you know, in success in the projects that you're doing with the Youth Land Trust. Keep up the good work that you're doing, you know. And for all the listeners, if you want to connect with Kelly, please. Check out the um, website of Every Degree Matters. You can find more details. We're going to share with you how you can engage directly with her and the amazing work that she's been doing. Once again, thank you for all for listening around the world and for amazing work um, Kelly from the United States.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate being able to share. Um, anyone who wants to connect with us can uh, follow us on at Reserva YLT, uh, or come to Reserva YLT.org and uh, thanks again. I'm really excited and honored to be on your podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Kelly. It was wonderful speaking with Kelly today. Please make sure to follow her so that you can contribute and keep up with what she's doing. Remember, It's really about what you can do as an individual. It's about what you and I can make a difference in our society. Therefore, we can make this world a better place for the present and future generation. I have many more wonderful people that I'll be speaking to throughout the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you or you know anyone who is doing an amazing work and making a difference in a local community, please let me know. I'd love to bring them on this podcast. Join me every week on Every Degree Matters to be inspired by these amazing people all around the world. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music. You can also visit us on our website, Every Degree Matters. This was really exciting today, my very first podcast. Thank you all for joining. I firmly believe Every Degree Matters. 拜拜